And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. That's right. It is the Weighing In Podcast with my man, Josh the Punk Thompson. But he's really not a punk. He's a great guy. I want to say that so everyone knows that. This is the Weighing In Podcast, and we are ready to look at some of the fights that are coming up. You got the UFC with one of their fight nights coming up. Sean Strickland against Jared Cannonier. We got a whole list of the fights to go over. We got stuff to talk about from the past. Everything's just just pumping out, man. We're just pumping it out, Josh. Yeah, it's been a busy uh couple hours. <laughs> <laughs> so, um Jared Cannonier versus Sean Strickland. I mean, Oof. John Man, you're going to go the, right into this. Look at you. Nah, you know what? You got Let's nothing pause. to say. You got I, nothing I really, to say. I really don't have a lot to say, man. I've kind of <laughs> talked down a little bit this over the last two hours. We've we've done a lot. Told, of, we've had some special guests, and we're I told we're you we were going to. No, it, no, no. We got a whole lot more to go. You, you had I, that. Hold on. Ooh. Hold on, guys. Hold on, guys. Hold on, guys. I got to be able to see what John's talking about. Oh, look oh, at that. I can look see at that. <laughs> I can see what John's talking about now. I can I'm, see clearly now. Oh, the fuzz is gone. I'm so old, man. I'm so old. <laughs> I finally had to break down and get some glasses. You know what, John? I think you were right, buddy. Yeah? My, my my days of being good looking are over. I can see oh, they're it. Old. <laughs> I can see it now. <laughs> it's over, bro. It's over. I, I, thought, I thought I was better looking than this. Oh, man, no. I'll tell you what. From that moment when you first have to go and get those prescription oh. glasses, it's over. It's disgusting. Just give it up, man. It's disgusting. I, I got uh, <laughs> I got a pair for TV. I got a pair for around the house. And I got, the best, I got some contacts. The best is they, and they tell you, they go, oh, no, these, these frames look really good on you. They look really good. Oh, no. Bro, I went, <laughs> I went straight to Costco. I was like, whatever's yeah. the cheapest, hand it to me. I want a That's pair of it. thick frame ones that are that are durable that I can throw around, and I want a pair of skinny ones that don't look like they're on my face when I'm on TV if I have to wear them on TV. I also got contacts, too. I just don't know how I'm going to take to them because I've never had to wear contacts. Get that so blinky, dry-eyed thing. Yeah, all, all the dry-eyed, blinky thing. I wore the contacts last show. Yeah. It was bugging me. It was bugging me the whole show, man. So you see, the everyone thinks show. that you're ma- you're making cat eyes out of you. Yeah, like, yeah. I was like, hey, hey, what's up? Hey, how you doing? Damn, good, good. I just got a flash in my eye from doing Jeez. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, look, John, it has been raining like cats and dogs here in San Jose, California. It actually started to get a little sunnier, but then as the as the clouds kind of like separated and the sun came in. And then the sun went away and it started freezing. It was so cold. It was, I kid you not, all day today, it was in the low 30s. Low 30s. Really? All day. They, even when the sun was up, low 30s. It never really got above 39. I saw today. that you had that palm tree with the top of it came off. Yeah, that was my neighbor. My neighbor lost their, uh, well, kind of my neighbor. Yeah, down yeah and oh, I want to say one of our listeners was a smart ass and said, hey, is it John McCarthy under that damn tree? <laughs> that was wrong. <laughs> Wow. Was it Amanda, our listener, or was it no, not? No, it was not, not our Amanda, our listener. Not Amanda, our listener. It was not. Jeez. It was Eric, our listener. He's a smart oh. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't, uh, what, what, what was the name? J- J- Jamal Hall? J- oh, Jamal. <laughs> Jamal. 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 Might have been Jamal Hill there, podcast that, day. Dude, that was, that was hey. You know, you yes. know how they, t- they talk about December 7th, a date Jeez. that will live in infamy? 
Well, the name of Jamal Hill is going to live in infamy Jeez. with Dave. Podcast Dave, that was one of the best yeah. right there. Ladies and gentlemen, if you live in Scotland, get your kids Scotland, get your kids out of school. Get your, this is this is this is Scotland education is right horrible. there. Podcast Dave he looks at Jamal oh, and goes Jamal. Oh man! All right, oh, all right, all right. Well, hey, it's let's gonna get into live this forever, card. Dave. Yes, it will. it will. We're not gonna let it die. I actually want to no. do. I want to start that Jamal Hill will be Dave's Joshisms. We'll have to include <laughs> that into Dave's Josh. It'll be Davisms. All right, uh, Jared Kennedy versus Sean Strickland. Both yeah. coming off losses. Both this coming off losses. The UFC does this. They're talking yes, about doing the Connor the and the. And they're, they're talking about doing the Connor and the Michael Chandler one because both yep. coming off losses. All and if you listen to my boy Islam Markachev, he likes that fight because at least one of them will finally get a win. Now, strictly the whole reason they do it. And Cannonier, <laughs> main event status going to be a fantastic. I think it's going to be a fantastic fight. A great. Uh, I think it's going to be a great fight. Hey, right now I want to talk about my bookie. If you are looking to get to a gambling site so you can bet on all the fights on football and baseball on the World Cup, go to mybookie.ag. They are the people that you can go to. Put your money down. You can get your money out after one bet. You do one bet, bet your winnings one time, and you can get all that money out. That is a great thing when you look at online services. So go to mybookie.ag. They support the podcast. We support them. Thank you very much. I'll tell you, this is a weird fight for me. It really, I really like Sean Strickland. I've known him for a long time, and he's a tough son of a bitch. Jared Cannonier can hit like a truck, and Sean is a guy that likes to come forward, and he, you know, he talks the whole time, and he puts a lot of pressure on him. And I'm just, it's the question is, how does Jared Cannonier handle the pressure of Sean Strickland? Because if he handles it in a way that he's just able to plant his feet and throw. Man, let me tell you something. You know, he's coming off of a loss to Adesanya. Okay, not a horrible thing when you look. And he went through that fight. Now, Adesanya and Strickland, although they're different, there are similarities in some of you know, the other things that they do. Neither one's a huge puncher as far as single punch knockout power, but they put volume on you and they wear you out and they use their length. So I think he's kind of in a, at an advantage going into this one from one lengthy fighter to the next. I think Sean has had enough time between the knockout loss to Alex Pereira, but you never know what happens. You know, It only takes one fight, and that chin can change, and Sean has had a great chin. Mm -hmm. He's been able to take big shots throughout his career. Is that last fight the one that has changed him? I don't know. I think it kind of all comes down to how fast he got back into the gym, how how much because the way he trains is just a lot of sparring. Yeah, I know. Everyone, everyone we've talked Which to is not just, always good. Spar, spar is not always good. Um, so I wonder how fast he got back in the gym. How soon did he start taking shots? Look, it's one thing to get back in the gym and maybe just ride the bike, lift some weights, hit the bag. But we, yeah, but all of those things still cause your body temperature to heat up, yes. which helps, which does not allow your brain. To heal. to heal. If if you talk to doctors, if you if you see whatever called neurologists, neurologists, whatever they're called, to, to look neurologist. Over, it's neurologist. a neurologist. Yeah. yeah. So I, I've, ha I've had these. I have these kind of issues. Yeah, John Mahal. I've had these issues kind of like throughout my career. At the end of my career, you know, I'd got dropped in training and I jumped right back into training. Kept sparring. Kept you know, just kept going. 
and I noticed the chin started to kind of go away. I noticed that even just getting hit, I just couldn't take the shot like I used to. I also noticed as, as I got more tired, my brain didn't seem to focus as well. And it didn't matter how great a shape I was in. It just seemed like as I started to exert energy, as I started to get tired, things got a little hazy in there. And that was, that was even like months after I had been dropped or whatever it was. It just your brain never was allowed to fully recover. How soon did he get back in there? How soon did he start taking shots? Did he give himself two to three weeks of no, of just resting around the house? I mean, I was told by my doctor, don't even read a book. Yep, that's right. You Absolutely. Don't allow your brain to work. No math you problems, wanna, nothing like you, that. You want to do mindless things. No word problems, no math problems, you know, no, no scrabble. Any of that stuff that causes your brain to work is doing damage. Yeah. So I want, those are all things. He doesn't seem like he reads a lot of books or he does a lot of word problems, <laughs> but, but he seems, he seems like somebody that would jump back in the gym after like a week or two. Yes, he does. You know, and it is the question and that's, you know, I hate to have that, you know, in my thought process of when I look at this fight, but, you know, Jared is not coming off of a knockout. He's coming off of a loss. He lost a decision. That's a big difference between the way he got that L and the way that Sean Strickland did it. And it is the question of the way that he trains, all of the sparring that he does. You know, yes, sparring is good, but it's also bad. You're taking shots. And when you did not, if, if, not saying when, if you did not give your body and your brain time to adequately recover, you will be a diminished fighter going into the next fight. Shots that didn't hurt you before will hurt you now. And the big factor is speed. Things will slow down. You will slow down because you will not see things with the clarity, with that same acuity that you want to go into a fight with. It's not there. And your brain just isn't ready for what you're going to be putting it through. And so I hope that Sean has had that uh, break. We're going to see. It really is a question. Look, he's a stud. And the guy yeah. can fight. And he yeah. can fight on the ground, too. No doubt about and that's it. That's the real thing. He, he he doesn't do that, but he can. He's got a decent ground game. He could, you know, if he's going to look at a good way to get past Jared Cannonier, take him to the ground. Work him on the ground. I don't know if he'll do that. But can he get him down? I know he's got good grappling, I, he, but his wrestling doesn't he's seem not a like great it's on par. No. Exactly. No, and Cannonier seems extremely strong for the weight. Oh, well, he used to be a heavyweight too. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah, but it. he's but we, Cannonier we pussy, is, a, is an athlete. We pussyfoot around, and we said, "Hey, we talked a lot about Strickland, but look, Cannonier deserves his dues. He just fought for the title." That's right. You know, Be and look at—he's beating Robert Whitaker. Yeah. Okay. He's beating a lot of freaking top middleweight fighters there. Mm -hmm. He is a stud. You know, this is not a guy you should look past. You know, his like I said, his fight with uh, you know Izzy. Yes, he lost the fight. He got outpointed, and that's what Izzy had been doing with a lot of guys and stuff, and he uses his length, and it's difficult to get past Izzy. But near the end, he started, you know, stretching it out a little bit. He was landing some shots. It just was, you know, too much to make up. But this is a fight where I look going into this, yes, they're both coming off losses, but they're coming off of losses in a different fashion yeah. that can mean a big difference in the outcome of this fight. I got it. Co-main event. One of my oh favorite my fighters. One of my favorite no, fighters, John. Be look honest. at both both of these guys. Okay, I'm being I'm just being honest. Look at I love Sarukian. 
He is fun to watch. But the guy he's fighting is a stud. This guy is good, man, and he's good just about everywhere. His Magulov is just he's on fire right now. You're talking what's he twenty four and one? Something like is that. that what he is? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and yeah, he's I, know, the, I, I think he's got one or two losses. I believe it's got one. I can't really see what the, I can't see what the record is. There it is. Hold but on, I don't guys. think that I don't hold think on, that loss on, was in the UFC. On, I think on, he's guys, undefeated in the UFC. Twenty four and one, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Twenty four and one. Pull up his pull up his record. I I don't believe he's lost in the UFC. I think he's undefeated in his time in the UFC. Yeah, three yeah. fights, yeah, four yeah, fights, yeah, yeah, yeah. five fights. Yeah. One, two, five. Can you count? What the hell? No, no. He's saying no. He's he just said saying three before. fights in Boy, the UFC. That, no, 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 no. That was like the oh, doctor no, with no. my broken ribs. Yeah, you got three yeah. broken ribs. Oh, no, you got yeah. four. No, you got five. No, you've got six. Just keep adding them up, <laughs> adding them up. And every time he said another broken rib, he just added another $10,000 on your charge. <laughs> <laughs> but you can, you, you can take a look. He's got, he's got wins against good opponents. And Thiago yeah. Moises, okay, he's fought good competition, and he's come away with the wins. This guy is good. Now, Sarukian has got that wrestling. He is freaking mm -hmm. tough as nails. This is a fantastic matchup. This one is really good. Yeah. I want to know what Sarukian does coming off of his loss to Gamrot. Mentally, that fight, he yeah. he should have he could have potentially have won that fight. Yep. Uh, yep. It really came down to that last round, and it was a great fight back and forth. Both of them had their moments. Yeah, uh, Sarukian is a dog. He's got to just keep his eye on the prize. He's super young. What is he like? Twenty three. He's young. Twenty three, twenty four. I believe. Young. Right. He's I young. Twenty four. I thought. Yeah. Uh, Sarukian. Yeah. 26. Oh, twenty six. Yeah, twenty six. Okay. So then, and you've got Ismogulov, right? He's he's dynamic. I also feel though with him, he kind of makes a couple. He leaves himself open. I just. In some of his stand-up exchanges, his transition, I, I think, I think he's good. I'm not saying he's not. He's good. I'm saying he's. I'm saying he's very dangerous. Yeah. I think if Sarukian took anything away from the fight with um, Gamrot, is to capitalize on the wrestling, control the position, never settle. That like he showed a lot during that of the never settling position and not allowing that to happen to him against Ismagulov, and then on the feet. Defensively, believe in your jab. He had a, yeah. he has a phenomenal. Uh, Sarukin has a great jab. He throws great combinations. He just got to believe in it more. It seemed yeah. like he was hesitant to believe in it in that fight with Gamrot, even though he was throwing it on the feet. But it it was like a couple like flinching hesitations. He's got power. He's got great combinations. He's got to throw it. Got to believe in it. Yeah, you do. There's no doubt about it. But uh, that's a that's a fantastic fight. Amir Albazi. Going up against Alessandro Costa, Albazi. Man, this, he's good. He's fun to watch. He just came back off of an injury. He had one fight, so he's getting back in the cage pretty fast here. Um, man, he's he's got he's got good stand up. He's got good wrestling. This is going to be a very tough fight for Mister Costa. Mm. Very. You tough got fight. Alex uh, Caceres versus Julian Arosa. That's a banger's brawl right there. I love Julian Arosa, yeah. man. He comes to fight, and so does Alex Caceres. Alex, Alex Caceres what? is good. Al Alex Caceres. <laughs> Al oh, I thought you said Alex Caceres. <laughs> Alex Caceres. <laughs> I was like, okay, Dave. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm just taking the uh, uh, Scotland, <laughs> Scotland education system. <laughs> John Mahal. 
John Mahal. Oh man. Oh man. Now Alex Caceres is just a I mean, he's fun to watch and he's so fluid in what he does. Julian Arosa is that guy, he's more of he's got a lot of skill, but he will take one to give one. Alex mm-hmm. is the guy that he likes to like to give one and get the hell out of the way of the one yeah. that you're throwing. He's a point which fighter. Is smart, which he's is a point smart. fighter, but he come, yeah. things come from all different angles. Yeah, he's dynamic, and they come from all different angles. He's learned to mix it up. He's he's also learned to conserve his energy and fight at a good pace, a pace he yep. can control. Yep. And when you overextend yourself, he can put you on your butt, and he can dominate the top position. Where he lacks is, I think, the physical strength to get himself back up to his feet sometimes, and he's chasing the submission that's never there. So if he can avoid, I think if he can. Uh, put himself to be the top guy if it does hit the ground and and if not if it doesn't hit the ground great but just point fight stick and move stick and move hit him with some dynamic stuff though hit him with the the spinning heel kicks hit him with the spinning back fist mix it up keep it the way he normally does it's going to yeah. keep Arosa guessing and, uh, you know when you look at Caceres the one yeah some guys have submitted him but those are usually top guys as far as top yeah. level grapplers when it comes to you know most guys, he can, he can hold his own on the ground. It's not that he is not you know not skilled there. He is skilled there, and I think I think him against Arosa that matches up very well. Mm-hmm. That's just a good fight. The one before it though is the one that I look Jeez. and go, that could be a great fight. Best fight Drew, of the night, I think. Drew Dober versus Bobby Green. Mm-hmm. The real question will be how frustrated does Drew Dober get? That's, that's my question in this because he's gonna he's gonna end up missing. He's got a, a guy that's awkward and talks a lot as far as not awkward in that he's awkward that his hands are gonna be down. It's a different look for you, and the punches are gonna come from angles that he's not used to. John, uh, wasn't am I am I wrong? Didn't Bobby Green get cut or released for a little bit? Did something nah. happen? He uh, there was supposedly gonna be a suspension, and then it was nope. There is no suspension, and he's back on, back on the card. I mean, I'm happy because I love, I love yeah. me some Bobby Green, man. I fought Bobby Green, and uh, he he's a fantastic fighter. He's yep. uh he's a really nice person. He's a great um, guy. yeah, he's a great guy. Drew Dober, I I think that he will just come forward. He will try to. Drew he, Dober's got better and better yeah. and better. Bobby Green may come forward too. Actually, they they just meet in the middle and just let's just throw down. It should be a fun fight. The thing with Bobby Green though is that he mixes it up and he's he's pretty much one of the only fighters I've ever seen use the shoulder roll, that boxing shoulder roll, and it he works it It, to success. Successful with the shoulder roll. Yes, successful. I see you guys try to use it and they're not successful and they get knocked out. Yeah, I get it. (laughs) So, but what what I want to know is, John, you've got. Drew Dober, Bobby Green, you got Caceres and Arosa, and then up there with Usmo, is Magulov and uh, Sarukian. But then, at the, I don't want to skip too many, but man, you've got Jake Matthews, who's coming off a great performance yep. way down there. What, 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 the, what, what is going on? I, I can't tell you exactly what's going on. You know, I look at the, you know, sometimes these things don't make sense, but. The Drew Dober versus Bobby Green being the first fight on the main yeah. card totally makes sense to mm-hmm. me. Cody Brundage yeah. against, and I can't, I'll never say it, Mikhail, it's Michelle Olkachuk. You know, Don't from even Poland. try, man. Just say he, Mikhail. I, dude, I love him as a fighter. He's fun to watch. He's got, you know, he's tough as hell. He'll take shots. Brundage is going to be there for him, but he's he's the real deal. This dude can fight. 
So I look at that and I understand that's a good matchup for yeah. your, uh, you know, your your main, main event, event of your preliminaries. But the Jake Matthews versus Matthew Semlesberger, that's a really, that's a. I think Jake Matthews is good. And, yeah, I think he's gonna have a, he's gonna continue to have a coming out party. Semlesberger is, you know, I think he lost. Did he lose his last one? Pull pull up Semlesberger. I think he lost his last one. But the dude is tough as nails. Yeah, he lost yeah. his last one. Yeah. And that was against Alex Morano, who just fought, you know, against uh, Ponzinibbio. And you look and you go, I can understand how he lost that one. And that was one that Alex had trained for and stuff. So, you know, <clears throat> Semmelsberger is, he's the real deal. But Jake Matthews, you're right, in his last fight, huge difference, huge uptick in his composure, the way he fought everything. So I look at that. That's that's a good fight coming in for Jake Matthews. Yeah, I'm just really. I believe I believe it is as well. But I mean, I'm shocked as I'm looking down towards the lower end of this and some of the fighters they have on there. Uh, Saeed Nurmagomedov, yep. down on number five. I mean, just a fantastic fighter. You know, you got Brian uh, Brian Battle down there as well. You got Hoffa Garcia, just a fun fighter to watch. Yep. Uh, it's, it's shocking Manel to me Cape. that yeah, Manel Cape down there as well. The guy who um, keeps on trying to work himself towards the main keeps on getting pushed down onto the the prelims. Yeah. But Julian Julian Marquez versus Duran Win. I mean, I'm a Duran fan because he trains at AKA. I'm a little bit of a homer, I'm, and everyone, all of you guys that listen to the show, you guys know I'm gonna ride with my boy no matter what. Duran so, is definitely gonna need to get takedowns there, or the Cuban yep. Missile Crisis is gonna land a, a, a scud. It's just strange to me, though, John, that we've got action-packed fighters kind of down on the bottom there. But this is also one of those cards where they kind of they, they put some good fights in the middle, I think almost to keep you interested as you go. Because I look at Manel Cape uh, versus David, how do you say his name? Dvorak. 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 Good, that should be a good fight. It should That's be a, a fantastic fight. fight. That is a good uh, I don't, fight. I don't know anything about uh, Brian Battle's uh, opponent. Okay. I'm going to just, you know, just... Maybe you do, but I'm just saying eight and one versus 19 and one seems like a little bit of a stretch. Brian battle is still, is still young, still has a lot of growth that needs to go through. This coming seems on, like coming a, off winning the, the tough. I know, but this yeah, seems like a weird. big step up in competition. 19 it and is. one versus eight and one. It is. Ooh, that's a lot. And then having them so far down though. Like, you know, you know, and then I, I would agree with you, but it seems that you know a lot of the luster from the tough has has uh, faded oh, out. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And so it's not quite you know they, when you won when you won the tough early on, you were up right away into the you were main mm -hmm. card. Yeah, you know? absolutely, absolutely. And it just doesn't happen the same way now. That, no, I feel okay. like the, I feel like the contender series gets better, guys. Absolutely. In terms of like pushed up in the rankings more. I mean, you look at guys absolutely. like Sean O'Malley, you look at the other fighters are. Rosas, yeah. they're they're all coming up pretty fast, so they're they're getting closer to the main card than these guys off tough. So if I if I'm a young fighter, I'm like, man, fuck tough. I'm going straight to fucking contender. <laughs> Seriously, if you look and you go, well, neither one. Yeah. You know, I know they talk about oh, a hundred. You know, you get a hundred thousand dollar contract. No. It's not. It's over a lot of fights. So yeah, yeah I was gonna say a, you ain't locking me down in that damn contract. Even at my <laughs> well, even at my age right now, this yeah. old age shit. You know, hey, look at you want to fight in the UFC. This, Here's your ch here's your chance, and so you yeah. look and you say, okay, I'll, I'll get through those fights. But you know, I I I think you're right. I think the Dana White gets a little bit more, um, yeah. a little more juice as far as where they're going to be placed on the cards. So, so Saeed Nurmagomedov, click on his record, please. 
He had a tough fight his last fight. I'm trying to remember who it was. Eh, he won his last fight. I no, I know he did. Silver. I know he did. He went, he went three three rounds in the decision. Yeah. Though. He started to get tired towards the end, as I recall. Yeah. Because he had a good fight against Cody Stamen. I remember that fight. Um, And then the uh, Mark Striegel fight. I remember yeah. that fight. He destroyed Mark Striegel in that one. Yeah. But I just, I remember looking at his his last fight with, um, who was this? Silva de Andrade. And he started to have some issues about halfway through the second round. He started slowing down. He was throwing a lot of flashy kicks. Mm-hmm. He has more he has more of that Taekwondo style stand up. He's a good wrestler, but doesn't utilize it as much as you would see more of like a um an like Umar Namagomed Umar Namagomedov. Yeah. yeah. But fantastic fighter. Fantastic fighter. Yeah. But he's got I think in this young stage, in this young part of his career, he's gonna have to learn how to pace himself, control that energy at certain points. Can't, not everything can be flashy and exciting. As much as I know I'm a fan too, guys, I'm just talking in, in perspective for the, Can't for the young fighter, it. for the young fighter to learn how to control the tempo of the fight. You know, no reason to take losses when you don't need to. Uh, is there any other fights on this card you want to talk about? We kind of flashed through them a couple towards the bottom, but yeah, we we flashed through the ones at the bottom. And like you said, the the Jake Matthews versus Semmelsberger, I think that one's a great one. And I honestly think the Dvorak versus Manel Cape is a great fight. Yeah. Like Manel Cape is fun to watch on the feet. He's getting better as far as his re- wrestling. It's, you know, his wrestling defense is much better. Um, Dvorak can take the fight anywhere. He's mm-hmm. good. He's a solid fighter. Not sure as far as the speed. I think the speed of Cape is going to be better than Dvorak's. He's very fast. Mm-hmm. But. We'll see what you know how Dvorak you know works himself into managing that speed and making if he can Manel Cape fight off his back foot. If he can do that with Cape, he's got a good chance of winning that fight. If he allows Cape to control the range and distance, it's going to be a long night. The thing with Manel Cape, right, is that one day he's utilizing his wrestling and knocking people out, and the next yeah. day he's not utilizing his wrestling. And he's sticking and moving and staying on the outside. I get, I get when your opponents change, but like majority of the time, he's more, he's faster than most. Yep. He's got, he's got, he's got pretty damn good wrestling. He's physically stronger than a lot of the guys he's fighting, and he possesses power and speed if he had just more output. Yeah, I look at him as a fighter that if I'm a coach, I'm going, look, go out there and actually fight, and you probably won't have to spend as much time in the cage. Your athleticism, your talent, your ability to do everything and mixed up. You get these guys out of here, especially at the level, the level that he's fighting these guys at. He's, he should be up there worried, on the higher he's levels. He's always worried about being on his back. Yeah, that's where he gets his losses from. If someone's able yeah. to put him on his back. It's yeah. not a good thing for him, and so he's always worried about that, and and it slows down his offense. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, that's gonna wrap up our UFC talk, and I think that podcast, Dave, we got some we got some news to talk about, buddy. Yes, we sure do. Um, so I want to get a perspective from you guys on this whole Doug Crosby thing. The um, and I'm trying to be careful about my words here because there's so much being said about it um, from everybody and everyone and everything and all all places except Joe Sonnen. Um, and so <laughs> there's reports now that he's under investigation. Um, but you know a big a big part of what came out was like Eric Hawani's comments about how he. Uh, judged at Bellator on Friday, uh, mm-hmm. judged in favor of Stotts on a fight that was, you know, quote unquote, a clear win for Stotts, and then 
went flew out to the UFC on Saturday um, and then judged in favor of Paddy in a fight where you know the other, the other two judges did as well but um but you know just kind of looking at the overall picture there and it's, it sounds like there's history there as well so John I don't know if there's anything you can give there and then Josh any can anything you can kind of add to it from the perspective of a fighter um and and how this impacts the career go ahead John well all right let's as Josh would say, all right, I want to make this abundantly clear. Doug Crosby and I do not like each other, okay? Doug Crosby will sit there and you know, he hates me, and I'm glad, okay? <laughs> and it makes me happy. So I, there is no love loss between Doug Crosby and me. But when you're talking about this situation, I used to, I made a living off of flying all over, you know, being in Russia on a Friday and being in Las Vegas on a Saturday. Okay. Did it all the time, never missed. And so officials get assignments. They get licensed in different places. Now, Doug is licensed in uh, the Mohegan tribe in Connecticut. He was there for the Bellator on Friday night. He, he uh, did the main event people didn't like his score i'm i'm agreeing i don't like his score i don't think it's a good score i thought the other two scores were the correct scores so you take a look and then they see him and this is this is where the real thing has come up is <clears throat> he had a score of 50 to 45 for the losing fighter so there's never been in any i guess uh MMA fight where uh, in a five-round fight, one judge has gone 50-45 for the guy that loses. So that's part of the controversy, I guess. So that's there. Okay. Then he flies the next day and gets to Las Vegas and works the UFC. And he has the Patty Pimlet fight, which is the one that now then there's con you know, controversy over that because... Basically, a lot of it is based upon the Bellator fight. Let's just be honest. If there wasn't the Bellator fight, people would not be happy. Patty's, Patty is that guy, if you're looking at him, he is polarizing. He has people that love him, and he has people that hate him. You know, And that's, that's certain fighters, and that's okay. The people that don't like him think that you know it was a robbery, and he should never have won that fight. And the people that like him think that it was a good call and and he should have won the fight. If it wasn't for the Bellator one, I don't know if there would be as much controversy, but the fact that Doug Crosby was in both locations, look at Herb Dean does it all the time, Mark Goddard does it all the time. <sighs> there's not, <laughs> the, the regulatory bodies are gonna tell you, there's not enough top officials is the way they'll say it for us to not share these people back and forth. So that's why you have people that like I used to, they, we travel and we travel, you know, from one location to the next, you know, there were times that, you know, I was doing fights on Tuesday. I was doing fights on Thursday. I was doing fights on Friday and I was doing fights on Saturday. I was traveling to all of those catching a flight early in the morning to get to, you know, the next one and did it for an entire career. So the fact that he was in both places, that's done all the time, all the time. 
Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Now, let, let me. Uh, <laughs> I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of go a little bit hard in the paint. Okay. But I'm gonna go I'm gonna go more hard on the paint in the media. Okay. Is look, Doug Doug Crosby is obviously not the best judge. We that's his history of his decisions. Have if you go if you it. go and look at the history, yeah. and you know, and and the problem is you can look at MMA yeah. decisions and things like mm-hmm. that. Look, I've had and you've been there. And it hasn't been with him because I don't talk to him. You know, he doesn't talk to me, and I don't want to talk to him, and I, I don't talk to him. But I've had blow-ups with commissioners yeah. or people yeah. over him and his shitty scores. Mm-hmm. But what happens? Nothing, because it's a matter of it's just my opinion, and it really is. I'm not saying that I, I'm any better than anybody else. But you can take a look and say, hey, where is the credentials that tells you that this is the guy that is the best person to put in that seat? Mm. Where are they, Josh? I don't see him. So I, I'm not going to argue the fact that he probably needs to either get knocked down to a lower tier until he can actually begin to understand how the scoring criteria is meant to happen. Um, I'm not going to argue that point. But what I am going to argue is that the media right now, what took you guys so long? <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. He's made decisions that were a lot worse, but in a lot bigger gapped fights. That yeah. fight with Rafael Stotts, I could kind of see how he went 50-45. I'm not saying it's right, by all means. But the guy kept getting takedowns. The guy kept dominating positions. The guy just didn't strike enough. But that's where I say like he got into a rhythm of, and this can happen. The guy got into a rhythm. He got more takedowns. He controlled more positions. He had dominant positions on the back. These fights were not, none of these fights were not like robberies by any mean. The, the I, I didn't look at the Patty fight as looking at it as, as a robbery. It, this, they were, they were not like, oh, this guy definitely won. I had uh, Gordon win the fight. There, uh, to me, it was clear that Gordon won the fight. Same but way. I can look at it the other way. Patty was able to knock Gordon back quite a bit, threw some big shots, landed some big combinations. Now, let's take into consideration where these judges were sitting. Did I get to see Gordon's face get snapped back and the sweat fly off of his face, blood go onto the front row, if I'm that judge? Or was my back to that person? And I didn't see it as much. And so you have to take all those things into consideration. Now, I don't know the UFC's... uh, Their TV thing situation. Do they have one in Vegas? Do they not? Yes, they do. But okay. let, let's be honest. Okay, let's take a look at the UFC. The cage and the way that they situate it because they're the ones that decide where the judges sit. Mm-hmm. They have had it for as long as, you know, the Zufa has been part of, you know, the UFC and in, in, uh, in owning it. They have, you have two cage doors on the octagon. The judges sit in those two spots are two of the judges' chairs, which means you're looking through a gate, which has extra poles, and you're looking through more poles that are up and down because it's got to have this, you know, the the pole to hold the gate. And so you have all, you have sometimes this much padding in front of you that the fight is going past and through. It's not an easy thing to do. And yes, you're trying to move your head back and forth. It's not easy to see things and then you've got the referee moving in front of you at times and look it's tough mm-hmm. but that's on the ufc and the you know the, the ufc can sit there and complain all they want 
you give one judge a good seat. One, that's where you see the ring card girl sitting. There's one judge sitting there. That judge has a good, clear view. Other than that, the other two judges get shit seats. Change it. You want better scores? Change it. Because you should. I think in this I think in this scenario though, John, like people make too much of these things being robberies when in reality they're not no, robberies. It, they're just close fights. It's a close I'm tired, fight. I'm tired of hearing robbery. That well, that term that term's being thrown around as much as the fucking words the goat. Stop with that shit. Okay? <laughs> Stop with it. It's it's so annoying to hear the fight was close. The Patty it fight was. was close. The Stotts and Sabatello fight was for sure close. He got on a rhythm of, hey, the guy that I think is winning is the guy getting all the takedowns. Okay. But that means, I mean, but the problem with that is this. You're scoring off of an old system. Yeah, that's true. You, but you let, have to evolve with everybody else because if you're on your own system, there's a problem. Yeah. You can't be on that. I don't give a shit if you don't like the new system or not. Mm -hmm. Don't like it, don't judge. But you have got to be in line with your peers as far as I give credit for this. My peers give credit for that. It can't be, well, this is the way I look at it. No one gives a fuck yeah. the way you look at it. Yep. And, and I'm sure and I'm sure in many of these ref meetings and many of these commission meetings, the, the conversation is, well, I look at it this way. Well, no, no, we don't care how you look at it. But I started this whole conversation with the fact that maybe he does need to go down to just doing the prelims. Or maybe he needs to not work the big shows. He needs to go back down to doing King of the Cage or LFA or or whatever and focus on judging back down there and then bringing him back up. But that's how I started this whole thing. But I, I go back to the media, though. The media is making a big deal about this, and they're making a big deal about it over two very close fights. Yeah. Like, and I get it. Like, And then they're trying to, like you said, they're trying to correlate, oh, well, he was in Mohegan, and then he was here in Vegas. That's what refs and judges do. And like you've said, you've done it pretty much your whole career. So let's not make too much of that either because now all of a sudden you guys have figured out that, oh, my God, these guys actually do more than one show a week. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. that, that's the other thing. You guys you guys are traveling everywhere on very minimal probably sleep, showing up and doing your jobs. That's – I understand that part of it and I, I get it. Like, But I also want people to understand like there were so many fights from before with him that this people should have had their – their arms thrown up like what in the is going on what is going on and it just took now for it to happen this should have been taken care of a long time ago and i think that i think some some of the the live that i was on the commission the commission needs to say hey i know we don't have a lot of top tier judges but we need to remedy this situation as soon as possible mike mazzoli just put out a thing saying hey we're looking into it right now we're gonna you know, go back over it. We're going to talk with him and the other judges and see what they saw and why they scored it that way. At least he came out publicly. Which is a good thing to do. Commissions don't do that. They tell you to eat shit. Okay. This, <laughs> at, at least, yeah. at least Mazzulli's coming out and going, Hey, you know what? We see maybe there's a discrepancy of how the judges were done. It's very obvious. Let's go ahead and sit down with the three judges, walk it through and what you guys saw as we watched the fight back through. And they're going to look to solve the problem. I just don't think it's going to take for Crosby to fix the way he judges stuff. That one sit down. I don't no, think it's going to happen. He's going because he has a tendency to to do this quite a bit. So you're going to have you're going to have to to basically put him to the D leagues or the B leagues, whatever you want to call it. You know, the G league in basketball. I don't know whatever it is. You got to put him <laughs> back down. 
And then you don't have to bring him back up if he starts to score better. But let me ask you a question, Josh. You know, yeah. you 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 and I have known each other for how long? How Shit, long? I've known you since two thousand two, right? Okay. When I had my so that, but in all that time, up until twenty eighteen, mm-hmm. all of our th- conversations were either as a fighter and referee mm-hmm. talking to you, or hey man, how's it going? How you doing today? Yeah, that was it. We we never really talked. Yeah. Okay. I was a punk and you were old. (laughs) (laughs) But that's part of the problem is you have, you have certain fighters that will tell you, you have somebody that's coming to them and offering them sponsorships. Mm -hmm. uh, How is it that you have judges or referees now doing things as far as, Oh, here I can help you with this, or I can help you with this. And you're a fighter because if you're that fighter, that's great. What happens when that fighter now is fighting in front of you and you help them with something? Do you have the possibility of, is whoa, there a whoa, conflict whoa, whoa. of interest? Back, back this up. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You, you went completely off Move. judging fights. Let's, let's <laughs> just be honest. Where are this, we at? This comes from you have someone that hands who's, out. Who, who's, who's you? Who's you? Doug Crosby. Okay. He hands out sheets saying you guys need to say these lines because he comes from the movie industry. Hey, he puts guys in stunts and movies because, hey, I I can get you into this movie. It's just, you have to separate it. You have to separate this. You want to be in the movies and you want to do that? That's great. Don't, you can still do the the judging, but you can't bring fighters involved in it to gain any kind of, oh, hey, this guy did me a favor can't do it and this is what you know ray longo got into a long time ago with doug crosby ray longo will not allow doug crosby to judge any of his fighters because he feels there's a conflict of interest there eric nixick now out of extreme couture rafion stotts he looks and goes hey man every time i have a problem it seems to be i look over now and and i'm telling you right now doug crosby and randy couture they have a relationship because the Crosby got Randy Couture into, into movies and stuff, into stunt work and stuff like that. This is where it all crosses over. And you look and you go, you can't have that crossover. There comes a point you've got to cut it off. You can say hi. You can say hello. That's all fine. When you start doing more, you're asking for trouble. It's bad. Can't have it. Now, I'm not saying he's doing it now, but I know it was done in the past. There was a situation, I want to say it was Ronaldo, where a ref walked up. I don't know if he asked for an autograph or if he, like, did something and it got caught on foot. Maybe it wasn't Ronaldo. It was a football player. Anyways, I can't remember. But they asked him when he was leaving the field. That shit was all over ESPN. It was all over all the news. It was, like, a big deal. You know how many, you know how many fighters I asked for that. pictures? Zero. That many. Yeah. Yeah. Zero. Now I had fighters all the time ask me for pictures mm-hmm. and I would take a picture with them. It's their picture. It's their phone. It's their camera, whatever. Okay. That many times. Yeah. You just can't do it. Yeah. But you know what though? Now that you're not a ref anymore, you a hoe, bro. You'd be taking pictures oh, with everybody. I take pictures with everyone. <laughs> yeah, it's totally different. <laughs> no, I, um, these are the things you have to do yeah. though. There has to be a separation. I didn't know that about the the movie thing, and that's that's kind of you have to think in terms of if 
a ref for a football game in the NFL or for a ref in the NBA or an umpire for Major League Baseball was like, hey, yo, yeah, let me get your number. I'm going to go ahead and put you in some movies. That That's a little – or I can get you this commercial. Ooh, I mean – yeah, and if you're when, the fighter, if you're the fighter fighting that fighter that it, that he got into a movie, see, I know that's too even much. More weird, yeah. Okay, and and it goes beyond man. the fighters, and this is where you look and you go, hey, you know, you th- for whatever reason, it hasn't been looked at. It needs to be looked wow. at. I my my whole take on it, and I, I've said it already, but my whole take is, this, he should have been taken. He should have had to be addressed a long time ago because there were some bad calls on some big profile fights from the poor in the past. But now we've let it get here and it got stirred up because of this. But these two fights, these were some of the closest fights. Yeah, it just really came to head because all of a sudden, oh, one day he had a 50-45 and one day he had a close fight for a star in Patty Pimlet. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason why it came to a head. Otherwise, we wouldn't be caring anymore. The media wouldn't care. People wouldn't care. And I looked at these two fights. I'm like, they could have won either way. I mean, I think at least the right people. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't think Patty should have won. I thought Gordon won, but at least those thoughts. I thought Stotts won the fight, but it was close. I got to be honest. Had it been 20, what, what was it? Uh, what are the scores? 48, the 47, two yeah, times for, for Stotts. If, if it would have went the other way and it was the same scores, I wouldn't have cared. I'd have been like, look, I get it. Maybe, you know, maybe I didn't agree with it, but I think, I, look, I get it. It was a close fight. It was a good fight. It was a really good fight. Two ferrets rolling around the ground, man, throwing some punches here and there, and on the feet, it was fun. I don't know. That's the way I took at it, though. That's the way I look at it, though, John. Dave, you were saying something uh, off air about the Ariel Hawani comments about how the integrity of the sports being jeopardized because of the crowd situation. Yep. I, 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 I personally don't believe it is. I don't think it is. I think you have. I think you have a one-off of a coach that. You, you ever seen that graph? Fuck around, f- fuck around, find out. That's exactly what happened. Well, he fucked around, and he's gonna fucking find out exactly what happens. And and I actually liked Cross. Just he took it to another level. Oh, this is not a big deal. No, it's a big deal when you're gambling, you're skewing fights, and people are paying a lot of money, and it's a big deal. But I don't think the integrity of the sport is being questioned. I think that people are just navigating their way right now. All the promotions are having to navigate their way. Through the fact that there's new betting apps everywhere, the sport books are involved everywhere. This is a learning curve right now, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm glad that it's happening early right now so they can start implementing some really strict guidelines for this stuff not to happen again. So the integrity of the sport is never questioned when it comes to this type of stuff. In terms of what was the other part, Dave, that you were talked about? Um, and so uh, Ariel's beefing with uh, Paddy Pimblett right now, and so uh, you know he said on yeah. his show, you know, don't don't tie this to that because like if you want to, you can, but this this not what it's about. But yeah. between the beef and then the fact that you said right, like he's been doing, he, Crosby's been screwing his face up for a while, so why is it only now that you're bringing it up? Mm-hmm. Like that, I think that's a very good yeah. point when you look at Ariel being one of the guys making the most noise yeah. about this. Um, I think you know, I think what you're I think what is happening to be honest now that I've just kind of process what you were talking about is that patty pimlet john is is they've been trying to slate him to be the next conor mcgregor and yeah. we saw the other night that he's not the next no. conor mcgregor now he's still young maybe sure. he'll make his way he's still young but i think what they're looking at is crosby working the ufc events 
knowing that Patty's going to be the next guy, probably and skewing the fight maybe that direction. That is to me something that maybe questions the sports legitimacy more so than this gambling situation. It, it was just is this is something that like over the life and the duration of Crosby being a judge, we've had too many of these fuck ups. And just now it's because of the attention that Patty was getting with the aerial comments with Dana White. And then now the judging going the way that it is, this brought more eyeballs. And actually the media started paying attention to it now, specifically Ariel, because of, of all the news that was surrounding him and, and Patty. And the fact that the judge gave him a decision that many thought he lost. It's a good way for Ariel to roll this into his MMA uh, show, MMA hour, MMA hour for him to roll this into that and, and talk about it. But I've also seen that Luke Thomas has talked, you know, about the judging of, of Crosby. The history shows that this is what he does. I think now because of the Patty situation, him being this next Connor protege type thing, that these they're like, wait, this is not. This is not the way it's supposed to be. We're supposed to still get good fights. We're supposed to still get, and they're not getting that right now. They're supposed to be supposed to be getting more, I guess, John, is what I'm trying to say from these judges. And we didn't get it that night is what they're talking about. <laughs> Ariel is don't, talking. Don't, don't put your foot in your mouth, okay? Keep it to I'm not trying not to. But Ariel is talking about something. When, you, when you're saying what's worse than the gambling thing is, he's talking about a judge currying favor with a promoter, meaning that he feels that the promoter is trying to push fighter A over fighter B. So if it's a close round, I'm going to go with fighter A to make the promoter be happy with what I'm doing. You know, if that's if you know, I'm not saying that's what occurred, but if that occurs, it's wrong. Yeah. And, and look, I I can tell you, I've seen it in small time shows. Mm-hmm. You know, be it in yeah. MMA or boxing that I've been working. You know, you know who the local people want to win, and I've seen judges that you know, I know the fighter in you know, the red corner lost that round, but he's the hometown favorite, and I see a judge give the score to him based upon. He wants to make the people happy, and you, you know, you, that's weakness. It's weakness. You, you have to be that person. Like to be a judge, sucks. You don't get paid. Yeah, I'm just being honest. You know, you don't get paid. You know, people think, oh, you know, it's it's so I could do such a good job. You're always going to have decisions that you have that people are going to absolutely shred. You don't They're get paid to be a judge. Apart. You don't get What's paid that? to be a judge. Yeah, you get paid. Oh, you just said you don't get paid, so that's why I was asking. You don't get, you don't get paid, paid much. Lot. You don't get paid much. You know, Got it. Depending upon the shows and what it is, you know, you take a look at it's a thousand dollars, twelve hundred dollars, something like yeah. that for a big show. When you're doing the small shows, one hundred and fifty dollars. But God. you know, to get to get ripped the way they get ripped sometimes, yeah. man, you know, a lot of a lot of them say it ain't worth it no. because you're always going to have people, no matter what, no matter how right you are at times that say you were wrong because they wanted the other fighter to win. And if it's a close fight, their guy got robbed, mm. you know, and it's tough, but it is part, it's just part of it. All right, guys, next topic is Nick Diaz is making comments that he's coming back in 2023. He's going to be a whole new Nick Diaz. He says, um, he's going to be quicker than ever, stronger than ever and better than ever. What do you guys think about this? I hope so. I would love uh, to see it. How's I that? So. I'm sorry, but, but man, Nick and Nate Diaz, they they fucking are this sport. Like they, I, I can't say anything bad about them. I'll never say anything bad about them. 
I fucking love them, man. I love both these guys. They're fantastic fighters. They've done a lot for this sport coming through. And um, they're they're OGs. I got nothing bad about it. I hope. I hope to see him come back and be spectacular again. Hope so. Absolutely. I, I'm in agreement. That's all I can say. Yeah. I mean, John. I hope. His boxing, as long as he's in shape, his boxing is on par. His oh. jiu-jitsu, as long as he's been training his jiu-jitsu and it's back up the track, it's on par. I, I just, with him, I, you've never had to worry about his cardio. In his last fight, he just no. didn't seem like he was himself. He just, you know, no. the, the, the weight thing, that's very unprofessional. He's never been like that before. It just seemed like a lot was, he seemed it like mentally seemed he was going like through a lot. he did not want to be there. Yeah. Yeah, he just... I didn't th- want I think to be there. Was, I think mentally he just, something was going on with him mentally, like whether it was life or just things, the fight, the stress of the fight coming up, not having done it for so many years. Who knows? Yeah. I, I'm, yeah. I'm over here just speculating, to be honest. Yeah. But I, I hope to see that after he got that first one out of the out of there, the jitters are out of there. I'm hoping to see him get back. I mean, look, I don't need him to win every fight. I just want to see him in there because I love watching him fight. I love it. So I wish nothing but the best for him. We're gonna leave. We're gonna leave everybody on this. It's in the news. Uh, our good buddy Michael Bisbing said some very nice things about John. So I want to make sure we pull this up. Oh, no, no. What he said about John? I know what he said about me. You twat. <laughs> you know my what whole thing. Is, oh, I like this. Go ahead. Go ahead. Re- let's read it. Read it. Uh, you know what? Let All me right. read it. Well, so, so I was actually gonna. Go ahead. I, I was gonna say. Uh, so Bezpeng went on. So somebody asked um, Bezpeng on Twitter, "Who's your favorite, uh, fa- your favorite all-time referee?" And Bezpeng replied, "Even though he does a podcast with a bit of a dildo, I'll go with Big John McCarthy." Josh replies, "Someone needs to correct this twat. It's not dildo. It's bad take, Thompson. Enjoy the wing and podcast, buddy. Still, you like your champ." And then somebody said, "I that I have to." box bizpink's producer um and bizpink's producer calls me out on twitter says yeah if we're gonna do this it has to be in a ring boxing ring and then i now i'm wondering if i have to defend josh's honor in a boxing <laughs> ring against <laughs> bizpink's producer shit <laughs> my honor is in a lot of trouble then son <laughs> <laughs> oh it sure is it sure is oh well, shit. Um, but you're saying bizpink has additional comments no 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 it was just that i want look oh. I, I don't know. I don't know what the remarks are and why, you know, why, but I know we've gone back and forth just through our podcast itself. I really have never talked to the guy, I ran into him at the Chuck Liddell Tito fight a long time ago in LA, said hi to him, talked about possibly trying to get him on our show, um, because we had just started it, I think, back then. Um, and, and that was it. I mean, I had trained with him a long time ago in Huntington Beach. I mean, I don't have anything against him. I actually kind of like the guy, you know, um, I got a lot of respect for him because, for somebody who I look at him, I don't want to say like a John Fitch because stylistically they're not, but for what he accomplished in his career was remarkable. Yeah. So, and, and I'm going to continue to say this. Look, social media to me is a fucking joke. I use it as a joke. And if you guys ever, if, if you ask the, the conversations I've had in terms of, you know, with, with my beef with Ariel and all that stuff, I use it as a joke. I give two shits until you're man enough to give me a call and talk to me face to face or in person over the phone. I don't give a fuck what you say on social media. I use it as a gag. It's like, it's a total gag to me. It's a joke to me. And so for me, my response was very simple. I like you, brother. I think you've been, I would think you've been a pillar for the sport. I appreciate you. I think you've been a big, a good representation of your country. I got nothing but respect for you. So 
You can call me whatever you want. But when I see you in person, I hope you have that same energy. Because that's the way that, that's the way it should be. If you have something to say to me, say it to me the way you did. And I, I want to know why. That's the other thing. Uh, I, if it's anything like this. I yeah. saw it and I was like, why did Mike say that? Yeah, it does, I don't. I have no idea. So maybe it has something we said on our podcast a while back, and it came out of my mouth. But uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? But I got nothing but respect for the guy. I think he's been. I think he was a fantastic champion. He beat my friend for the title. Still yeah. got respect for him. It's not like I dislike him. Uh, he trains at Ruka. I'm very good friends with Pat Tenor. I'm good friends with everyone that's out of Ruka. There, all good people, man. He surrounds himself with good people. I like all of them. I like him. No, nothing but respect for him. What do you I got will just say that. Um, British British like banter is just kind of along the lines of what he said here. So I really don't think okay. there's anything like personal. It's kind of just the way yeah. British people are are assholes. Um, and <laughs> Michael Mike, Michael Bisping is good at being an asshole. I think so. So, oh, so right there, geez. we just came back. Now. Wow. Look, so, I'm gonna say this. But if uh, I have to I, whip someone's ass for you, Josh, I'll I'll do it. <laughs> All right, there you go, baby. Jesus. Like I, I want to say that like Michael Bisping was a fantastic fighter. Yes. I'm pro I'm probably he went with me because. He won his, uh, the tough. I was the referee for him. When he won against Luke, I was the referee for him. But I was also the referee for him against George, and that one didn't go his way. But look, for a guy, when you take a look at what he accomplished with the mm -hmm. tools that he was given, man, he is, he is a hell of a fighter. Yeah. Cardio-wise, no, phenomenal. Had a hell of a pace. Didn't have the biggest punch in the world. But man, you know what? He was. He had output. Yeah, exactly. He was a volume master. He put mm -hmm. shot after shot on you, and he is tough as hell. Yep. He was a tough-minded individual. So, look, I, I want to bring up his. I'm going to bring up his loss to Dan Henderson. But look, a lot of guys would have fucking rolled up shop and just bounced out. Probably just never recovered from that. He came yeah. back and won a world title after that. That's right. He came out and fucking had some fantastic performances after that he lost an so, eye after that and still yeah fought. exactly and i put I, I tip my hat to him man so that's why i commented the way i did hey you know still like it champ yeah. uh we're gonna wrap this show right now and uh dave there's no way that his producer's making 170 so you you got lucked out, <laughs> is, you lucked out. Is, is that his producer in the middle there yeah. i believe so yeah 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 you so. dude it's all right. It's okay. Dude, There's no way he's making 170. Come bro. on, dude. You, no if I, dude, you're, just a couple shots to the body. <laughs> that guy, that guy, that guy's one step away from being Big John size. <laughs> I was, I was gonna say he's, he's you should call him uh, Mini John McCarthy. Mini John. There you go, baby. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, hey, we want to thank you guys so much. Go to Wayne in Park, Wayne in Merch .com, Pick up some of our sweatshirts. See, I did it right. Hoodies and everything available on there. It's uh, new material. As you can Fantastic. see, it's very nice quality. Great stuff. And uh, I want to thank you guys. John, take us away. Hey, for everyone out there, I hope you enjoyed the show. Just do me a favor. Be nice. See you later, guys. Bye.